0: What's wrong with you people? I'm serious.
1: This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What's up, Kyle? Man, how's it going? It's going okay. Awesome. I'm, I'm doing okay because as this uh, post, uh, that will be the day that I believe. My heart and my Astros will clinch the playoffs. Okay. Right now, we'll see. That, that's kind of our magic number. We have to wait until Friday, as I understand and it. And
0: their fate belongs to? The Rangers. The Rangers. Can't wait. Who, who at the... this point, our only role is to be a spoiler. So yeah. uh, nothing would thrill my heart more than a sweep. Do you think you're going to get it? No, <laughs> but it would be fantastic if it did. I don't know. I, 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 based on the last 50, uh, 55, 56 games that the Rangers have played, I do not hold out a lot of hope, but that's um, the great thing about baseball, right? Anything can happen Anything uh, any can given happen. day. Yep. And so the Rangers could possibly sweep the Astros, thereby breaking your heart. And, yep. and you would be so happy. But, but here's what is exciting, is that regardless of what happens, I can say with full confidence that the World Series comes through Arlington. Yep. The the Rangers have nothing to do with it, but but (laughs) the new stadium will be host to. They might be able to watch it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They may have fans there,
1: so that'd be fun. Yeah. Well, cool. Hopefully, you don't get like a snowstorm.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's twenty twenty, (laughs) man. Much like baseball, anything can happen. Yeah.
1: So. Well, if if we uh, if we make it. I think I can uh I, I'm about hundred percent certain we're not going to the World Series. <laughs> I, if we make it at this yeah. point. I, I would be shocked if we make it past Oakland A's. Yeah. So yeah. but anyway, that I will say that's still been a little bit of normal and an otherwise abnormal year is yeah. being able to watch baseball, us kind of throwing the friendly jabs back and forth when when they're playing or whatnot. And um but the the weird thing though is when you watch it on Fox, I believe, they have the computer generated uh fans out there. So weird. So weird. Especially weird because like you can you can tell that it's computer generated, of yeah. course. One because you know, but also because it's like maybe five fans just duplicated over yeah. and over again. So
0: like like to me. It just looks creepy. Like like, to me, that is that is much weirder than just an empty stadium would be. Yeah. So um, I'm a fan of the cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Um, In fact, I have one sitting in the ballpark in Arlington right now. Uh, You've
1: got some weird uh, people behind you,
0: though. Yes, I do. I do. Um, But yeah, I had had some family members who uh, who, some extended family that that sprung together and bought me a Doppel Ranger. There you go. So um, I'm out in right field, right above the Southwest Airlines sign. So I've, I've been waiting for a home run to like drill me in the face. It hasn't uh, yet. I've, I've but, seen
1: a few get drilled, and yes. it's awesome. So yeah. what are we talking about today? We're well, we we've front loaded it with some nonsense yeah. because we're going to be a little more serious today. We are.
0: And and if this sounds a little bit different, it's because we are on Matt's back porch yep. this mor- this afternoon.
1: So if you hear the pitter patter of feet, it's not little children walking around. <laughs> it's my dogs who have never had their uh, toenails clipped in their entire life. So. <laughs> But
0: we're out here because it's fall yep. and it's finally not a thousand degrees yep. outside, Beautiful. Um, at least up here in the mountains. Yeah. We're, we're still in the 90s down. On the, down. Yeah, we are. Um, we, we are talking about a, a heavier topic today, and that is uh, facing crises in, in ministry. It's I thought you were going to say voting. Oh, no, nope. <laughs> nope. I was going to say, we'll get to that later. We will not get to that later. No. Nope. Um, we're just talking about kind of some of the tough, uh, the tough things that we encounter in ministry. Um, specifically, a couple of things that we've encountered in, in our churches here. Uh, so, so just recently, I did a funeral uh, for a six-week-old baby. Um, and then I know you've, as we've talked before, you've, you've dealt with uh, some, some suicides up here um, in the mountains. And so um, as pastors, these are realities that we have to walk through. And, and as replanters, um, sometimes, especially if you're in a smaller place, um, so you, you might be called on to do uh, funerals, especially even in these cases for people that you've never met before. So uh, let's talk through some of that and just kind of walk through uh, our listeners again, uh, kind of some of the stuff that you experienced up here early on, because, I mean, you got baptized by fire into this. Yeah. So, so right from the get-go,
1: we had a, a murder-suicide. Um and about a year or so after that we had an attempted uh suicide uh and so there's we've we've had our our share of that kind of stuff here and have certainly had it over you know it hits really close to home as my you know mentor had uh committed suicide and uh and so it's been kind of a part of my my ministry or, or having those kind of things numerous times unfortunately because we hate it uh but Then there's then there's times where it's more normal, um, where it's somebody that's a little older and expected to pass soon and passes peacefully and everything is like you would kind of hope it to be. But it's at that point of finality where that person is gone and you're left with a grieving family one way or another. So those that have had a loved one that lived a long, full life, expected it, all of that, they're still going to be hurting. Uh, Cannot imagine what mom and, and dad that yeah. uh, you've dealt with after six weeks with their baby would be imagining are those that uh, will rock a community like a murder-suicide. And so in the wake of all of those things, we have people that are hurting. And oftentimes, you have a mix of lost, saved, growing, not growing. Kind of every mix of person can be involved. And so it's your chance then if it's somebody that you know or don't know to be that voice of Hope and help in that difficult time. Yeah, and,
0: and so especially, um, you know, one of the things that I've done is, is in both of the communities where I've pastored, um, is I made sure I developed a pretty good relationship with the um, with the funeral home, right? And so in Clayton, um, in a very small community, um, had a wonderful relationship with the uh, with the funeral home there, and, and I was asked to do a lot of funerals that where, where there was no spiritual uh, connection for the family whatsoever. Um and so I kind of became in that way kind of the, the the community funeral guy. Um um I did a, did like a better call Saul. Like something like for, that. For yeah. Funerals. Yeah. Better Call Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um and uh but, but that meant um often um I, I was walking in and meeting a family for the first time 30 minutes before a service, right? Um because of I mean so, in Clayton, people who grew up there would often move out, and so yeah. you know a lot of times I would meet them right before the service. I, I certainly have had a phone call with them, but um, dealt with a couple of suicides there. Um, and that one that I did the the graveside service for um, a young man who lived a, a lifestyle that um, we'll, we'll just say um, was not a godly lifestyle whatsoever. And then um, I was asked to come in and do the do the funeral for that, and um, Several of the people who spoke um, also came out of not godly lifestyles. And so um, without going into too much detail, I'll just say I was really glad that service was not held at First Baptist Church, (laughs) uh, but at the at the graveside only. Yeah. Um, And and I made sure there was a song in between the last speaker and mine so that I could collect my thoughts, but also so I could figure out how to transition because I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. So so I made sure that I. Had a time there. It was a Coldplay song of all. It was "Fix You" by Coldplay. So, so I had those like three minutes to figure out. Okay, how do I take like the expletives that we just <laughs> heard, and now I'm about to go and yeah. talk about Psalm 23. So, how do we? <laughs> um, would have just started that thing. Y'all need Jesus. Yeah, that's
1: right. And I'm gonna tell you how you can get them. <laughs> so, so Kyle, let's yeah. You know, instead of just telling our our stories, I, I think we've shared some of these before. Yeah. Uh, when, when it comes to that sudden crisis and it could be that person that you're called and somebody has committed suicide and you yeah. have to be there with family or somebody has just suddenly died and you have to be there. Um, let, let's just kind of walk through what are kind of, what are the things that you're trying to to get them to either understand or share with them in their kind of moment of need?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So every time it will be, uh, kind of the big things are, um, you know, you're, you're not alone. Um, you know, so I'm, I mean, I'm here, you know, especially if they're locally listen, you know, we, we have a church here that, that, that loves and cares for this community. And, and we want to come alongside you in any way possible. Um, and always, you know, anything I can do personally to, to, to help, to counsel, to whatever, you know, and those, but, But oftentimes I think where pastors and really well-meaning church members get into trouble is where they maybe they don't know what to say, and so they just start, like, saying things. Trying to be encouraging, um, you know, kind of the stuff that we'll hear. Oh, God needed another angel. Um, Oh, we we know they're in a better place looking down on us. Um, Those those aren't really comforting. If you've ever experienced any kind of a tragedy, like, you know— Coming in and telling someone who's grieving, oh, God needed another angel is not really a comforting thing at the moment. Yeah. And so, you know, oftentimes it's better just to shut up and and just listen and, and hug and cry with people and not try to have answers. Because quite quite frankly, when you're talking about the death of an infant, there are no answers. There There is even as a pastor, like I have a really hard time wrapping my head around why that happens. Yeah and and then trying to explain that to a to a family. Um, sometimes it's better just to just to keep your mouth shut and say I'm so sorry for mourning with you. Yeah, I think
1: what you're you're talking about is kind of that ministry of
0: presence of yeah. of just
1: being there listening. Uh, that's a great time to to listen about twice as much, three, yeah. four, five times as much as you try and talk. Um, yeah. there's going to be some biblical wisdom you can share some encouraging words that if, if they are biblical, scriptural, that kind of thing that are helpful, that's always good. But it's a great time to to help them process
0: through some of those things. And some of the best way to process is ultimately going to be talking. And if you've ever been in, in a really intense moment of grief, um, you don't remember much of what's said anyway, right? Uh, so when, when my dad passed away in 2011, like I remember, remember so much about the people that were there. Uh, I, I don't remember many conversations. We had a bunch of them. I don't remember many conversations. And then so, Anything you say is most likely not really going to be remembered unless, let me put the caveat here, unless you say something that is like a barb going in, right? So I had a college professor who um, was conducting a funeral for a child, um, and, and someone walking through the line, like the receiving line, told the parents, you know, um, you know, God, God um, takes children when there's sin in the parent's life. And that was what they said, like, that was their words of encouragement, like on the funeral day yeah. of, of these. And so they may not remember anything else that was said that day, but 20 years later, I, they're going to remember that.
1: I, I'm glad you touched on, on that part because I was about to argue with you because <laughs> I most certainly remember what was said when we lost our first and, and second mm-hmm. uh, baby um, in terms of you know miscarriage that I remember those that just said, hey. You know, we've been there. If you need anything or those that brought food, I can tell you every single person that brought food. Um, But what I do remember very clearly is some of the things that were said that, like you said, were more like Barb. Oh, it's okay. You can always adopt. Um, You know, God works all things for for good. This is just for your good, which again, we who, who know the context of that verse and know what that truly means, know that sometimes that whole good working together thing is total disaster out of it comes good his glory all of that kind of stuff but in that moment all of those were like knife through the heart um especially because our heart was to have kids and adopt it that had already you know always been our desire and these people didn't know that um but it was like one this idea that you you lose a baby can't have kids or something well you know go to plan b with uh adoption like Adoption is a claim. So I definitely remember the bad uh, feedback that we got. And so you don't want to add your name to that list because there's probably going to be people that say things that aren't helpful. And so being there, being with them, and, and a lot of times, especially resourceful generalists as we are in our case, some of that might be sending out a note to some of your ladies, especially if this person is private and doesn't want everything known. Like, hey, if you can create, you know, a few casseroles and just drop it off. Just kind of planning some of that behind the scene um to help. Um so yeah, ministry of presence is so so important yeah. in those times.
0: And and we get to experience that. So we had a uh we had a couple in our church who um knew there were some complications with with the with their baby. Um and and she ended up miscarrying and, and I mean de- delivering but but the knowing the baby was not gonna survive and um um, their their Sunday school class in our church really took that on themselves i mean so it didn't become a big um a big thing like to the church wide hey we we're going to do this their, their Sunday school class very quietly um came in and and loved on them and 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 again i mean this was in the middle of a pandemic right so like hosting a big funeral cel- funeral service that that just wasn't really an option so uh but, but their Sunday school class came alongside them and walked with them through it. Um, provided meals for a while, um, and and just really, I said, loved on this couple as they were walking through their brief. And I, and I had certainly a couple of conversations with them, but but even more so was there was their Sunday school class who were right there with them, walking yeah. them through
1: that. And I think something to be, especially those that are listening in that might be a little bit younger or may not have experienced one of these things yet, is you're going to have somebody come in that they've just miscarried or they've had a stillborn child or someone that they love, you know, a child killed in a car wreck, something like that, that crisis is going to happen at some point point, in some form, and you may be caught completely unaware and unprepared for it. Um, Certainly pray. You obviously need to pray. Pray for wisdom for how to be there, knowing what to say, that kind of thing, but don't assume that you have to say everything yourself reach out to other pastors ask them if they've experienced this specific thing what what helped didn't help you know and every situation is going to be so different that's why it's hard to give a list of 10 things you need to do other than i would say the the few that would come off the top of my head be willing to just be there let them ugly cry most likely in a, in a situation like the one you just had ugly cry with them i mean you you love these people and and you hate what's happening just you know like a brother or sister in Christ would. And so cry with them, pray with them, be there for them. Um, if it's something that you feel like is a little above your head or you're not prepared for, reach out to another pastor or another counselor, um, find out what to uh, maybe how you can help them. Uh, and I would also suggest after the fact, after these things are kind of in the past, regularly checking in if if you have a counselor um, or a mentor at the very least, but certainly I would recommend a counselor where you can just kind of debrief these things um, because it can weigh on you over time and uh, develop PTSD, develop whatever, and you certainly don't want to get calloused to these things. So you want to learn how to process them right as you grieve with them.
0: And and then the yes, so you need to process that as well. But but you also need to help the, yep. the grieving family process. Sure. Um, in fact, so much of the the reality doesn't really set in for for a lot of, um, especially sudden deaths, until well after the funeral's over, right? right? And so, you know, in fact, I had a had a conversation with a lady, um, a, a former church member of ours, passed away, her husband, and I uh, had, a, had a conversation with her the day before the funeral, and she said, um, she said, right, she said, I'm, I'm good right now. I said, you know, I have a family in. We've been busy planning funeral. We've been busy making some other arrangements. She said, when it's going to be hard is after everyone's gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When it's just me in this house. And, you know, I, look, as, as pastors, life doesn't stop for us because there's a funeral, right? I mean, oftentimes, funerals come, they, they don't usually come at real convenient times, right? And so as soon as the funeral, They didn't over, ask you when it was up yeah, okay to Yeah, I know. With. Yeah. How inconsiderate. Um, but, you know— <laughs> so oftentimes like as soon as a funeral's over there is something else on our schedule you know i mean i've 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 gone from funerals to um you know like a lunch meeting with somebody or you know like from a funeral to another counseling session. it it or depending on when the funeral is <laughs> go home change clothes go write a sermon for sunday right it 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 is a disruptive thing so i think sometimes it's easy for pastors to forget that there is still a grieving family even after the funerals done, um, and, and I've not done this perfectly, but you you certainly need to check in with you know. So maybe the week after the, the funeral, you just call up the the family and say, hey, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. Um, is there anything you need? And then you know, maybe a couple of times that first month, and then and then a few times throughout the yeah. year, where, where you're reaching out and. And seeing how you can continue to love on them and serve them, in, in based on whatever that situation was—a spouse, a
1: child, whatever. Another thing to maybe remember is when that next um, related holiday is mm. going to come up. So, if it's a um, you know a child, maybe when Mother's Day, Father's Day rolls around. Um, if it's a spouse, an anniversary, mm. or Valentine's Day, or around the holidays. If it's like you know, Mama has has passed away, and they used to go to. Thanksgiving dinner over there, maybe around Thanksgiving, because those are the times, you know, of course, when everybody's out of the house, that first night is going to be rough. But those kind of times where an anniversary rolls around or that child's birthday or something like that is a good time to remember yeah. for, for us. We, we have that or I have that in my calendar. And usually I will have one kind of depending upon how well I knew them or how well they knew me uh, about a week out from the anniversary of when it happened. Uh, just to send a note. You know, hey, because a lot of people remember not even the date. I mean, they'll remember the time. I mean, because it's a big moment in their life. It's going to be etched in their memory forever. So, yeah, that's so, right. yeah. Any other comments? That's right.
0: Um, and then uh, so alongside the the resourceful generalist, um, read about grief. So if you don't, if you don't have a background in counseling, um, you know, depending on your your seminary degree, you may have had. Um, more counseling classes. You may not have had as many, but but take the opportunity to read up on on um, just the grieving process so that you can be prepared. And, and there is a fantastic little book, and by little I mean we're talking like fifty pages. So like like uh, replanting rural churches or um, you know landing the the plane on your invitation text driven invitation uh, uh, small a uh, book by a guy named Granger Westberg called Good Grief. And and I had read that right before my dad passed away for a seminary project. I was I was doing a seminary project on um, weddings and funerals, and so I had read that book, found it really helpful, and then it was it was helpful as I was walking through that grieving process. Then through the years, I've tried to keep some of those on hand to actually give out to grieving families as well. Um, So so read up on that and familiarize yourself with kind of the different stages of grief. So if somebody comes into your office um, and and they're dropping. you know, just word laundry everywhere. Um, understand that can be part of a grieving process, right? It's important for us to understand that, and and it's part of being a resourceful generalist is is educating ourselves on the grieving process and how to effectively walk people through those experiences as much as possible. How about you? That's about all I got. All, right. all I have to say about that. Well, so this was this was a little bit of a downer, but very much a real. um I mean, as we've shared stuff that we've walked through here within the last uh, few weeks and and a very real part of ministry. So as much as we wish that that ministry was just hanging out in coffee with guys drinking coffee. That's church Yeah, That's that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's not real ministry. (laughs) Uh, But hey, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless.
0: What's wrong with you
1: people?